Hello there, and welcome again to the Psychology Report. You know, nobody, at least anybody I know, nobody really wants to live to 100. You ask a number of people who are aging, and um, nobody would really say, yeah, that's my goal, to live to 100, or live to 102, or 103. You know, people speak more often about living a quality of life rather than living the length of a life. Recently, a very dear friend of our family uh, came to the end of her life, Marnie Jones. I tribute this program to her. But Marnie Jones is known by our family for, I think, 100 years. She was in a nursing home and died at 100 years plus about one month. I talked to her on her birthday when she was 100 years of age. Mine was sharp, clear, memory was positive. She was able to remember and to identify all the things about our history. It was a family together. And uh, even though we haven't seen each other, you know, for many, many years recently, the memory is just as sharp and friendships are just as clear and positive and welcoming. So, you know, longevity is a kind of a, crit a critical part of the issues of life that we have to face. If we want to live long, maybe to 100, maybe to 90, maybe to 80, whatever, you have to live a certain way. If you don't want to live that long, you live differently. But there's a connection between how you live and how long you live. There's a connection between the quality of your life when you were young and the quality of your life in your later years, or if I can even say it this way, in your dying years. You know, the Bible speaks about um, life in the old age as 70 plus 10. That would be 80. That's when a person in biblically is kind of declared old age. Now, after that, it's like a gift. How many more years you live, it's a gift. But, uh, so if you use biblical terms, that's kind of the objective or the goal or the typical way of thinking about living until 80. But now we live longer. We have more people living to 100 than ever before. And uh, there are people who not only live to 100, but also live a quality of life to 100 as well. It used to be you lived to 100, but you were almost like a vegetable for the last number of years. But the people who live to 100 now and have a quality of life really are appreciated by their friends and family, and they appreciate life themselves. So what are some of the keys to longevity? What are some of the things that seem to be associated uh, with longevity? Now, these are not predictors. These are not determinants of longevity, but these are some of the factors that have been found to be associated with people who live a life longer than is typical or is usual, or reach into the 100 years of age. Friendships, number one. People who live long and have a quality of life have friends, have always had friends, and friends are close and meaningful and important to them. Friendships are very, very, very important to have in relationships that we 
uh, cherish and that we want to have in our life. Now, we also uh, think in terms of diet and exercise. And uh, diet and exercise is very important. And uh, when we have um, our diet right, we have our life much more skilled and much more honed and much more uh, organized so that we can live our life as we want it to be. But, you know, diet is not necessarily just skimming down on calories or things like that, but it's eating a healthy diet, both for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner, eating balanced meals and eating quality meals and making sure that you have the food groups but particularly making sure you have your vegetables and your uh, fruits. You've got to have those in abundance. You have to build your eating plan around uh, fruits and vegetables, and when you can do that, then you're much more capable of living a longer life. Now, exercise is the same thing. If you, you don't have to go exercise in terms of hours of time and and weightlifting and putting yourself under high degrees of stress and uh, high degrees of um, body pressure. Exercise is just a moderate degree of exercise on a regular basis, three times a week, minimal. Four is better, five is okay. But you don't have to do it every day. You don't need to do it with seven. Your body muscles also need time to rest. And if you've been exercising over three or four weeks, take a couple days off and let your muscles rest. But the idea of making sure some form of exercise is part of your life, part of your daily routine. Supreme Court Justice Ruth Batter does 10 push-ups in the morning, every morning. And then she relaxes, takes some deep breaths, and then she does another 10 push-ups. So you see, push-ups are kind of a form of exercise. But that's her way of doing it. Somebody else can do it in terms of taking a walk. Somebody else do it on a bicycle. Somebody else does it on a treadmill. Somebody else does it through weightlifting. I mean, we do different kinds of things to make sure that we have our exercise program in place. But make sure you do have an exercise program in place. That's, that's the issue. And what you do is kind of up to you. Find something that you enjoy doing. Find something you can do regularly, routinely, and that you will practice so that you will go on and and, and benefit from that exercise program. It's your heart that you're building up. It's your lung capacity that you're building up. And it's the brain matter, you know, that you're building up, you know, as well. So make sure that this all kind of fits, you know, together. Now, besides that, uh, there are a couple other things that are very important if you're going to live a long life, okay? Make sure that you have plenty of fun. Make sure that your friendships are fun friendships. Make sure that your day includes something that you can laugh about and, and just kind of feel good about and feel like you've enjoyed something in the course of the day. Whether it's a television program or it's a friend that comes into your life or it's a um, meeting that you go to or a club that you become part of or whatever it is. But make sure that your day or several times a week there is a kind of a fun activity. People who have longevity often look at the evening time is a kind of a time to enjoy and have fun as a way of counting down and cooling off before going to bed. So plenty of fun is important and that you have that on a regular basis in a variety of ways. 
in which you have fun. Only you can determine what fun is. Nobody can tell you what fun is, but you have to determine it. Okay? And by the way, when you exercise uh, a little bit, and maybe fun as well, and maybe social relationships as well, these three can kind of come together if you engage in what is called a walk and talk time. Take a walk around the block, go with somebody, that's your social contact, walking is your exercise, and then when you talk, enjoy, you have a light conversation so that there's fun and there's enjoyment and there's time to laugh and there's a time to appreciate each other and enjoy each other. So go ahead and make sure that that's part of your day. Pull those things together, if you will. But then there's another factor that contributes to longevity, and that is brain games. You know, be sure that your time, you know, not every day, but periodically, you enjoy brain games. Those are mathematical puzzles. Those are word puzzles, crossword puzzles. You know, those are different kind of challenges that you find yourself in on. And many of the uh, brain games are now on computer so that you can challenge yourself, whether that's through types of card games that you play or other forms of games that are on the computer that are challenging and you go to different levels. And kids do it. Kids will tell you which ones they do and how they enjoy it. So that you can make sure that uh, your games are not only challenging to you mentally and cognitively, but that they're enjoyable. You know, they're fun as well in terms of the kind of the challenge, you know, that you uh, have by participating, you know, in them. So, you know, brain games are very important and uh, sometimes it's just a matter of getting in a competitiveness with somebody else so that your brain games are are fun, but they're also a time for social involvement, and they're also a time for just sitting back and relaxing and letting your life take its place. And then another point, and that is sleep. You know, we you don't need more sleep. Even as you get older, you don't necessarily need more sleep. What you need is quality of sleep. Quality of sleep is far, far more important than longevity or uh, length of sleep. Um, quality of sleep is mean you wake up rested. That means you've slept all night. Or that you've maybe awakened once or twice, but you're not waking four and five and six times, you know, during the night. That you've prepared yourself to sleep. You have a cool room. You have it totally dark so that the melatonin can release itself. So you want a totally dark room. You want a very comfortable room. You want a very comfortable mattress. You want it to be cool. You want no noise. You want no background noise. You don't want television in there. You don't use your bed for watching television, eating, reading, and all those other kind of things. Use your bed for sleeping. And you eat in someplace else. You read someplace else. And uh, leave your bed for that sole purpose of sleeping. And it will be much more likely to draw you into a sleep pattern when you do go to bed. And if you're having trouble with snoring and you're having trouble with loud sounds that you make at night, you know, you might want to have a sleep analysis done. It's because sometimes people aren't getting the proper amount of oxygen balance. And they need kind of a sleep pack. They need some kind of a device that they sleep with so that it, they get good oxygen and good air and uh, a higher quality of sleep. Because, see, conversely, you have to kind of look at this. If you don't get good sleep, if you're not eating well, you're not getting your vegetables, you're not eating your fruits, you're not getting your exercise, you're not having your fun, your social times together, you know, you're much more prone to dementia. You're much more prone to Alzheimer's. You're much more prone to memory loss and to cognitive impairment and cognitive loss, which goes through three stages, by the way. You have this early stage, which is mild cognitive impairments. And you often find that in the 70s. Uh, then you have this dementia stage, 
which is sometimes in the 70s, sometimes in the 80s, that people, and sometimes even later, uh, where you really have a kind of a memory loss and a personality change and difficulty in uh, recalling things. And then some people move into what is known as the Alzheimer's stage. Some people don't. More women tend to be more into that Alzheimer's stage than men. Men tend to be more demented. They have dementia. So if you uh, look at these kind of things that bring about longevity, you have to look at it from the negative or from the reverse side or the flip side by saying, okay, if I don't do those things, what's the consequences? And the consequences is dementia and uh, resistance of, uh, or weaker resistance. You, you're much more prone to fall. You're much more prone to weakness. You're much more prone to imbalance. You're much more prone, you know, to having to be very careful how you walk and where you go. And you don't have the resistance. You don't have the, the endurance, the stamina to keep yourself up throughout the day and you have to take naps or you have to take it easy. You have to you know, sit down more and you can't go many more places and things like that. So there's a, there's a negative consequence to not doing these kinds of things that I just mentioned in the same way that there's a positive benefit if you engage in these kind of behaviors that not only lead to longevity, but basically lead to a quality of life that we've been talking about. And whether you want to have as your goal longevity or you want to have as your goal quality of life, that's up to you. But they're the, they're the same. You'll live longer if you honor these kinds of principles and these kinds of activities and you fill your day and your week with these kinds of events. Or you'll live a, certainly you'll live a more quality life if you fill your life with these kinds of events. So either way, there's a win-win kind of situation uh, possible for you. So go ahead and just make that part of your day, make that part of your life, and uh, enjoy life. Okay? Now, this has been uh, Dr. Alan Hedberg, and it's the Psychology Report. And again, I want to just refer you to my website, booksbyhedberg.com. And the reason for that is I have a book that I uh, put together a couple of years back called Achieving and Maintaining a Healthy Lifestyle in a World of Stress. And in there, we talk about eating patterns and uh, exercise patterns and social patterns and how to live a healthy life emotionally and physically and mentally and socially and, and all areas of life. how to live a healthy life so that you not only achieve a healthy life, that's, that's important, but you want to maintain a healthy life and uh, get rid of some of the things that will interfere with or distract or take away a kind of a healthy lifestyle. So that's a great book. And not too expensive, and uh, but it's a great one to pick up and read as you look into the summer when you probably will be more active and maybe more prone to engage in activities that will lead to longevity. So it's on my website, booksbyhedberg.com. And um, join me again as we uh, now end our program today, and we'll pick it up again in a couple of days. Yeah. Bye for now. <laughs>